Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Verde Road. Uh, we're going to got an interview coming up in just a second as we talk about butterflies and get a, a rich history. Wendy Williams will be our guest as soon as we get hold of her. The Language of Butterflies, the book, How Thieves, Hoarders, Scientists, and Other Observers, or Obsessives, rather, Unlock the Secret of the World's Favorite Insect. So uh, we will uh, talk to her in just a second. Uh, let's make sure I get everybody up. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of uh, something back from the station, so if uh, that's her, we'll go to her, and if not, we'll we'll talk to Trace and see what's going on. Uh, but let's see. Is Trace our second choice? No, no. never, never <laughs> our second choice. Thank you, Calvin. Uh, thanks for clarifying that. Let's see. All right, three, two, and oh, oh, no, all right. Gosh, you guys are getting good at that. <laughs> I keep waiting for Milton to get hit right in the forehead. <laughs> no, not long enough. It's not long enough. It just happens just perfectly. <laughs> All right. Well, what's going on, Trace? And uh, let's see. Oh, we got Ronnie on the line. Okay, 210-308-8867. You want to help us with Ronnie? Sure. Ronnie, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? It's Lonnie with a mail. Oh, but, Lonnie. Uh, okay. Sorry, Lonnie. Okay. Um, I have a uh, uh, lemon tree, a, uh, a Meyer lemon tree that I planted um, oh, a couple of months ago. And uh, uh, I have a itching around the, the uh, where I planted it, uh, metal edging, and I filled it, uh, that area, with about, I'd say maybe three inches of mulch, uh, the the nice uh, hardwood shredded mulch, and at the time I I uh, planted it, I put down as uh, Dr. Parsons likes to say copious amounts of uh, of osmocote, uh, yes, and. Um, <laughs> And I, I, everything I thought was okay, uh, but my question is that uh, I noticed that underneath the the three inches or so of mulch, that it's hot. It's almost like a compost pile. Uh, so my question is whether I, I, I should put the fertilizer on top of the mulch, or should I remove it and then, uh, and, and then apply it? Uh, remove the mulch that is to apply the fertilizer, uh, or how should it be done exactly? Well, first of all, uh, I hope you didn't pile the mulch up next to the stem, main stem. I did not. It's good for you. Uh, you can do it either way. Uh, I would think that the uh, Osmocote would get in, would start acting faster if you 
put it uh, <laughs> directly under the soil. Put it under the mulch. Yeah, or if you mm-hmm. just, of course, if you watered, it has a tendency to filter in if you you are pretty generous with the water on the surface right. of the mulch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so uh, also, he, also uh, is the plant doing okay? Are you, it has are you three, watering it regularly? No, uh, uh, well, uh, I mean, you bondfuls, and we had uh, <coughs> copious rains, shall we say. Okay. So, and good. But the young. Is that the ground? I didn't. Is that yeah, what yeah. Yeah. It is in the ground, yes. And uh, a, young, the, a young tree the, like that, uh, you want to be careful to keep watering that root ball for the first year and a half or so. Okay. Or more uh, until it gets its fruits out established in the yeah. soil. Well, yeah, just, to answer your first question pertaining to the fruit, yes, there are four. Uh, it looks like it's going to be four surviving fruits, which for a little small plant <laughs> uh, is okay. rather remarkable, I think. So, no, it's doing well. I was just curious about that, that heat that I felt when I was working around there. So, uh I, no, I that, that that just shows it's it's still decomposing, and I as see. long okay. as you don't have it uh, next to the trunk, no, uh, away from the trunk, uh, it's just decomposing. Now, the tree gets more of it putting it under the mulch. When you do put it over the mulch, it'll actually speed the process of the mulch decomposing and and actually make it hotter. Yeah. Well, plus okay. you waste the, waste some of the nutrients. Yeah. But just watch the those uh, Meyer lemons are tougher, tougher nails. But just kind of watch that this first year's watch that root ball, as Jerry says. Make sure it gets water to it, and it's not okay. soggy. You know, the water when it's in the it's in the uh, ground like that uh, with our soils. The potential is that the water can just sit. In, yeah. that, in that little uh, saucepan mm-hmm. you made there, but it sounds yeah. like you're you're aware of all that. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lonnie. Thank you for care. calling in. All right. We're still trying to reach out to Wendy. So. He gave us a bunch of copious uh, information. He here. did give us a copious amount of information. <laughs> Trace, you have a copious <laughs> amount of vincas here at Melbourne. I do. Uh, some a lot of the growing operations are finally catching up with, oh, good. Uh, with everything yeah. that's going on. So, uh, yeah. not all of them, and there's still some shortages, but uh, we're we're doing okay. And as usual, he got them on sale. I do. It's a Texas Superstar and uh, Vinca Cora Series on sale. Was a dollar in a four-inch container, which is good. Was a dollar twenty nine now eighty eight nine ninety eight cents. Yeah, almost gave me a heart attack there. <laughs> <laughs> ninety eight cents. So uh, and that, they're blooming their brains out. I, I uh, when I, I when Trace and I first started talking, he walked up here. I asked him what's the bloomingest thing in the nursery. In other words, what's the prettiest thing in the nursery? I started to put in there excluding Vinca because they're the bloomingest thing in the nursery. But uh, as far as perennials are concerned, uh, Thrialis, the deer resistant oh. uh, Thrialis is uh, 
still in, in full bloom. And also, they've still got some flare hibiscus, uh, my favorite uh, hibiscus. And it's a, it's got several blooms on it. Cool. Hey, I, I started to bring one up here to show to Calvin yeah. that it wasn't red. Uh, I thought, I, yeah, uh. I remembered on the way over here that I was supposed to bring a couple Oh, blooms. the blooms? What's well, tomorrow? Now, I, look, I looked at mine again, and I, I swear that's red. Okay, right. you, Bring you, could have, you could have gotten red flare. All right, right. Like a, there was a red flare. Because, you know, Dorothy may have had access to That's right, yeah. that's right. I may have given her one. We've got our guest on the line. She's Wendy Williams, author of the book, uh, The Language of Butterflies. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about it. And, Trace, you're going to have to, if you stay and listen, uh, if you can, that'd be great. You can ask her questions, too. But um, you'll have to tell us what our milkweed situation is, too. We have it. Good. Okay. Hi, Wendy. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Milton? I'm doing just fine. I'll introduce you to the, the gang here. We've got Dr. Calvin Finch is on the right-hand side of your radio. Uh Trace, who uh, runs Mill Burgers, is uh, in the middle. And Dr. Jerry Parsons is on your left. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hello. And you won me over in reading the book right away because of two things that have nothing to do with butterflies. One, you used the word gobsmacked, which I loved, and two, you have a border collie. Oh, well, you know, I have to say, Taft is my ambassador. He welcomes everybody and... People might find me a little bit strange, but he's irresistible. So I had a border collie too. Yeah, and that and, the, and that uh, Wendy uh, Milton and his border collie collie uh, kind of match you. It sounds like they're both they were both kind of weird. Yeah, uh, well, the, yeah. the border collie was. She was just very smart and took care of me. Well, I have to say they do that, and um, we got our border collie intending to buy a farm and weren't able to do that. So we're living in a uh, pretty suburban neighborhood here on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, but Taff owns the neighborhood, I have to say. He's, he's pretty much in charge of the neighborhood. I know he thinks they're sheep, and he patrols the neighborhood <laughs> four times a day at regular intervals and checks out whether everybody's happy. Do they need a glass of wine? Do they want a beer? Are you going to know? And, uh, oh, yeah, he had a very bad accident last fall, and the whole neighborhood was brokenhearted. So I don't know how much they care about my husband and me, but they really love him. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very good. Well, Wendy, yeah. what got you interested in writing about butterflies? You know, I didn't really intend to do that. It was kind of by accident. I meant to write a book about conservation success stories. But the first success story that I started delving into was about a small blue butterfly that flies in the northeast and uh, out into the Midwest in the north called the Carner Blue. When I started researching the Carner Blue, I was fascinated. Um, it is a success story in this one area. Not it's a it's a challenged butterfly. The numbers are going down in general, but in this one area that's west of Albany, um, some land was bought, and some scientists began working on how to conserve this. It took more than 20 years, but they finally figured out the key. And as soon as they figured out the key to the survival of this butterfly. The butterfly flourished, but not only did the butterfly flourish, but the entire 
um, area flourished as well. All kinds of yeah. species came back. So the butterfly, finding a way to revive this butterfly has created a wonderful lush landscape in a, in a part of the world that was um, pretty environmentally degraded. So I got fascinated by that, and I began reading more and more and more about butterflies, and I was, as you say, gobsmacked by how interesting they are. Who would think a tiny little insect like this would be so incredibly interesting? But but they are. Not only that, but there's just a plethora of science that's been done based on the butterfly. And these scientists were all not just willing to talk to me, but excited about talking to me about their various research projects connected to butterflies. So, I mean, it was just it ended up to be a no-brainer, of course. This entire, I, mean, I could have written two books, three books, four books wow. about, about butterflies. They're so interesting. Now, let's we could get to the nitty-gritty here because uh, uh, compared to the Connor Blue, how do you how do you uh, relate or assess the the Monarch initiatives? Are you optimistic? Do you see do you see a success story there in the end, or do you? Are you still nervous about it? No, I see a success story, but maybe that's just my way of looking at life. Um, they needed to find the key to the Carnar Blue Butterfly, and the key turned out to be fire. This little butterfly was trying to survive in a world in which fire had been entirely suppressed for maybe a century, and the ecosystem couldn't thrive until the... Um, until fire was allowed to return. So they had to figure out how to return fire to a piece of land where lots of people live. Um, If you had a house, you wouldn't really want people burning a fire in the back of your property. So it was a long and complicated um, process, but once they figured it out, it was amazing. And the monarch is the opposite kind of butterfly, the thing about the Carnot Blue is it doesn't fly very far. It lives in a small area, and it can spread, but it spreads in bits and pieces. It spreads incrementally. Maybe it'll fly, um, maybe it'll fly a mile away, and there'll be some, a new group, uh, a new number of Carnot Blues that will start to um, get a foothold on that land. The monarch is entirely different. I mean, the monarch is, as most people know, but I'll explain a little bit, monarch may fly from as far north as Canada all the way south through the central flyway, and certainly it depends on Texas, doesn't it? I mean, Texas is the key to the survival of the monarch butterfly, absolutely. Then it flies south of the border and heads to um, Mexico City. Then it makes a sharp right turn and heads all the way up into the mountains there and overwinters in the mountains of Mexico. So unlike the Carnot Blue, unlike a lot of other butterflies, this butterfly needs a place to spend the winter. And for reasons that are yet undetermined, it likes to spend the winter in these mountains in Mexico. So We're, we're, like, kind, of exci- we're kind of excited because our, our gardeners have kind of uh, yeah. ad- adopted the you know, they, they they see an opportunity for them to 
contribute to the monarchs being successful. You know, oh, well, that's what I loved. You know, that's what I loved about the monarch story. My monarch story started with a five-year-old girl in Oregon who released a butterfly. First, I should say that the story I just told is a story that applies to monarch butterflies east of the Rocky Mountains, west of the Rocky Mountains. Monarchs also migrate, but they don't usually migrate to Mexico. Sometimes they do, but usually they don't. Instead, they want to go and spend the winter on the California coast. What's not to like there? I'd like to spend the winter on the California coast myself. <laughs> so they. Go well, I remember one they, of the one of the fondest things when I was in in the uh, military at the Defense Language Institute, where the the monarchs that w- that wintered on the those pine trees. On the coast there, it was just amazing, Carmel and Monterey. And yes, that whole area. That's where. So that's where they go if they're west of the if they're west of the Rockies. And um, that section of my book starts with a five-year-old girl who releases a butterfly who's that's tagged in Oregon, and that butterfly flies all the way south to the California coast. And it is seen along the way. These are all citizen scientists, volunteers. It's seen along the way by four different people who take photos of it, and they send the photos um, on the tag. It says, if you see this butterfly, please inform David James, who was the head of this research project. And Dr. James lives in Seattle. and Well, not in Seattle. He lives in Washington State. So this butterfly is travels were reported to Dr. James, and it showed that it flies down to the California coast, but it doesn't stay in one place. It moves around a lot during the wintertime. So it's kind of a peripatetic winter traveler. So I guess the point of my story is to say that the story of the monarch will depend on the enthusiasm of its human support team. Um, if people support and care about the monarch, it will survive. And the numbers of people who care about the monarch are just phenomenal. Wendy, uh, talking to Wendy Williams, the author of The Language of Butterflies, how thieves, hoarders, scientists, and other obsessives unlock the secrets of the world's favorite insect. Wendy, uh, we so we're going to, you know, we'll keep talking about uh, different stuff throughout the show, but, but Calvin's uh, done a lot of stuff to... And so is Millburgers here, the nursery that we broadcast out of, to promote uh, butterflies and butterfly gardens. But can you explain, because it was fascinating, the relationship between monarchs and milkweed? Because this this is the weirdest thing, that this is actually, there's actually a poison part, a toxic part, and, and it just, it's just incredible. So obviously we know they, 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 need, they like milkweed. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to have milkweed. I guess this, this comes under the category of um, things that uh, that which does not kill us makes us stronger, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the the monarch butterfly must eat milkweed. It can't survive if there are no milkweed around, and that's why it's so important for people to plant milkweed in their gardens. Um, and it has to, by the way, it has to be the right kind of milkweed. It, it should be a local milkweed, and you can find out from your garden center what those are, um, but the female monarch lays an egg on the milkweed plant, usually on the underside of a leaf, but not always. When three or four or five days later, the caterpillar emerges, it's this tiny little translucent thing that's really barely visible, 
as soon as it emerges from its shell, it first eats the shell because it wants that nourishment, and then it starts to eat the milkweed leaf. And this is where the irony comes in because the milkweed leaf will actually kill the caterpillar. Um, it's, first of all, if you've ever handled milkweed, and mostly people have, I think, somewhere outdoors, if you tear apart that leaf, you'll find it's a sticky, guzzy, gummy substance that will come out of that leaf and get all over your hands, and then you'll have trouble separating your fingers because it has such a hold on the fingers. It does the same thing to the modern caterpillar. It will, their feet will get stuck in that gummy substance and they won't be able to move. Or the jaws, there will be so much gummy substance on the jaws of the monarch caterpillar that it won't be able to open its mouth, it won't be able to eat anymore. Um, But it still has to go on eating this substance. The reason it's important for this insect to eat this substance is because this substance is what protects them as an adult from predation by birds and other animals. But the irony of this is the substance is poison. And so a number of caterpillars are actually killed by eating the poison. So what they have to eat, they might survive eating it and they might not. Um, If they do survive eating it, then what will happen is the caterpillar will store that toxic poison away in its body When it goes into a chrysalis and transforms into a butterfly, that toxic substance will still be there. It will be present as the butterfly flies. And if a bird or some other predator tries to eat the butterfly, they may well get a mouthful of that toxic substance. It's the toxic substance that tells the predator, you don't want to eat me. You really, really don't want to eat me. So that's yeah. why they survive. So the irony is that that toxic substance that protects them as an adult can actually kill them when they're young. Yeah, really. It, it was. I was reading this going, gosh, this seems almost counterintuitive, but it's actually not counterintuitive to survival and stuff. The, Wendy, the, the book is fascinating, and I've, in, I've oh, enjoyed reading you. it a great deal, uh, learning you. a lot about butterflies. We were... The first thing that, and I think people are fascinated by them, whether it's a, we did some stuff here when the zoo opened up and we promoted butterflies and we were doing stuff with swallowtails. Well, and we got the certified butterfly Yes, we do. We have the certified butterfly. What kind of butterflies do you get through here, Trace or Calvin? You can kind of jump in. Colorful ones. (laughs) Thank you, Trace. Everything. Of course, monarchs and queens and um, gulf fritillaries and lots of different swallowtails. The giant swallowtails are coming through and black swallowtails. Mm. Um, mm. And, Wendy, you'll be glad to know we get your hummingbird moth that you talked about, too. We get that occasionally. <laughs> I, I think that is so fascinating. You know, one of the things that you have to think about when you read about a group of animals like this, the butterflies, is there are rules, but there's also always exceptions. There's always anomalies. Everybody thinks moths fly at night, but the hummingbird moth, which does look like a hummingbird to Mm -hmm. people like me who don't see very well, um, flies during the day. So I looked out of my butterfly garden one day, and I saw this little thing buzzing around the butterfly plant, and I thought, that's the smallest hummingbird I ever saw. And I looked and looked, and then finally I realized it wasn't a hummingbird at all. It was actually a moth that had changed so that it looks to casual eyes as though it's a hummingbird. 
It flies just like hummingbirds. It's really amazing. Yeah. What was it, Milton, when we were watching the fascinated by the hummingbird moth? And was it a uh, it, grackle? Yeah, or? they make fun of me, Wendy, because I was... I, I vocalized my shock. We had the hummingbird moth here. It was flying from, and we were just watching it. They 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 introduced. That's oh, a hummingbird moth. Calvin's really into this stuff, and <laughs> I was watching it flitter around. And at one point, a big grackle came down and and popped it with its beak, and then it was down on the ground, and then it proceeded to eat the butterfly moth. I think it just gulped him up. Nature so in action. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was of life. Yeah, sometimes when you see it in action, it's. Uh, it's it's a little shocking, but uh, well, I, was, I know because my my reaction would be, hey, I was watching that. Go get some <laughs> Well, we we had thousands of moths here yesterday. You think the snout nose are moths or the butter? Well, I don't know what it was. It was a little white thing. Well, you the uh, it's tough to it's tough to uh, decide whether there, th- everything is a moth or a butterfly. <laughs> and Wendy did a good job in the book of yeah. telling. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, she said, uh, "Don't bet your life on whether it's a moth or a butterfly because of the, because the definitions know, are pretty right? complex." No, you never know. Yeah, we had thousands. Well, Wendy, listen, we snout, want to... yeah, the snout knows, snout knows the hackberry snack. Knows. Wendy, the book is fascinating, and it's it's lots of great stuff. It's very well written, easy easy oh, read, and fun to sit down. Yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Um, and obviously, people can get it anywhere books are sold. And it's called The Language of Butterflies, and you'll enjoy it a great deal. It's by Wendy Williams, who we've been visiting with. How thieves, hoarders, scientists, and other obsessives unlock the secrets of the world's favorite insect. Wendy, thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for calling me. Yeah, we enjoyed it. All right, okay. we'll, we'll talk to you again sometime. We'll get, when we get great. a butterfly question, we'll... And this, is, and, uh, the, this book is a uh, special interest for folks that... All those gardeners that are interested in the monarchs and contributing... Yeah. That background uh, information that right. we talked about planting, is available. Right. If you're planting milkweed for for um, monarchs, it's amazing to find out what what the monarchs really do. Yeah, it really is. That was cool because we always just heard monarchs like milkweed, and that was that's how I kind of left it until I read your book. And now, can we? Yeah. Uh, before Wendy leaves, Wendy, what what is the status on the the Mexico City? Wintering this this past year, did, was the population up or down or stay the same? Do you know? I, it, I think it stayed about even. Okay. Because that's one of the about. big factors is that uh, oh. the, the pop, we're still trying to determine exactly what um, affects the population. I guess oh, there's okay. a lot of, based on the book, too, there's a lot of different things, but... Well, you know, yeah, there's, we're, we're not going to find any one reason why monarchs are decreased right now. They are definitely decreasing, but we're not going to find any one reason. And um, I will tell you that there is a scientist who thinks that what happens in Texas in the spring is key to the huh. entire season. Um, he we thinks, special? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he thinks, he thinks Texas is very, very special. It's if it's too warm, his theory is that if it's too warm, the but monarchs who are returning north at the end of the winter will fly too far. They'll skip over Texas, and they'll fly further north. And that, he thinks, is not good because the monarch, um, the milkweed further north will not be developed yet. 
enough huh. to be able to really host them. So what he wants to see is a kind of a Goldilocks temperature, not too hot, not too cold in Texas, but he wants it just right so the female monarchs stop in Texas and lay the first... Um, the first group of new butterflies right there in Texas. And if what they do you think, that, Jerry, we can to talk to our master gardeners and yeah. gardening volunteers and we can get control of this weather. Yeah. I, I want those yeah. well, things. Yeah, well, also, there has to be milkweed. Texas has hey. to have enough milkweed to host this returning generation. So it's Maybe really we can introduce the, people in the monarchs to, that, to those painted ladies that are being successful and grow and uh, flying all over the world, they don't seem to have the same issues, I guess, at the Monarchs. Well, do. I think they're a lot less picky, for one thing. Yeah. For one thing, and I think they, um, they're really, you know, they're really an interesting butterfly, too. In my in book, I talked about this guy who, who was a champion ice climber, and he was at 22,000 feet, and he saw a whole bunch of painted ladies flying above his head at 22,000 feet over in the, um, over in India and, and that whole area. So, they're, talk about worldly butterflies. I think of the monarch as a worldly butterfly, but the painted ladies are super worldly. They're everywhere. All right. Wendy, we got to take a break. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll visit again, okay? Okay, thanks a lot. You bet. Bye-bye. Williams, the book entitled The Language of Butterflies. We're going to take a break. While we do, give us a call. We'll tell you how to get those butterflies in your yard at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More coming up on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. And the theme of today's commercial is going to be color, color, color. We'll start off with some of the things that are on sale at Millburgers, including Vinca. The Cora series is on sale, and this is the series that you want. You want Cora is on sale in the four-inch pot for 98 cents each. Blue Plumbago is beautiful, full of color, and guess what? It's on sale for four eighty-eight in the number one container. This week at Millburgers, you'll find savings on the colorful land. Mexican Bird of Paradise. Thoralis is on sale. Texas Lilac Vitex is on sale. The number three container, regularly $24.99, is just $18.88. One of my favorites, Lynn's Legacy and Silverado Sinisa on sale for just $19.88. And you can't help noticing all the crepe myrtles that are on sale. Beautiful, colorful crepe myrtles are on sale in the three and number five containers for just $18.88. At Millburgers Landscape Nursery, $16.04 on Boulevardy Road. Back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The answer, one of the things that I got out of Wendy's book was that uh, insects are tough. They're, they're survivors, and there are lots of them. And the only thing that's tougher than South Texas insects is Warren Remy and Spider-Man Pest Control. That's right. If they're bothering your home, Spider-Man can help you get rid of them and keep them away. If it's roaches or scorpions or ants or bees or wasps or whatever you got. Rats. Rats, yeah. They they don't stand a chance when Spider-Man comes to your house. Yeah, listen, they've been, these guys have been doing this since 1976, and Warren Remy helps commercial folks that whose livelihood depends 
on being pest-free and homeowners who just want to be pest-free. Uh, give them a call. You won't be disappointed. Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721. Online, you can learn all the things they do, including that mosquito trapping system, the Into Care system, at GoSpiderManPest.com. I won't let roaches in my house unless they've got a mask on. That's good. Good for you. Yeah, it's yeah. smart because you don't know where they've been. I know it. Uh, so so they got a little mask on. That's neat. Do you make do you make the little mask for them, or you got They no, have to get them somewhere else. I don't else. know where they're getting them. Okay. Because it doesn't take much of, to make a mask for a roach. No, no. There's there's, there's probably someone online that's, <laughs> that's doing that. All right. Well, Calvin, you want to. I think maybe if you want to, we can we can go to the herbs of your article, or we can talk a little bit about some of the milkweed. There's a there's a big debate, isn't there? Because she mentioned it, but I know that we've gone back and forth about what variety of milkweed you should get. Well, it you know it's nice if you can get access to uh, native milkweeds, but native milkweeds are not easy to grow. Oh, the wholesale nurseries are are doing the best they can. Uh, the uh, naturalists are are doing it so. So what we encourage, if you can get access to them, grow them, uh, use them. But, the, the course, the easiest to use and the one that's most attractive and also the one that the, the butterflies seem to like the best is the uh, tropical milkweed. Yeah. Okay. And that, I, started, that, I started to ask her about that. Well, that would have been a... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I think <laughs> she, she felt like that the closer their natives they were, the better. Yeah, I think she. I think she would probably agree with, with us, though. That don't uh, don't better to have. Anything. Sa- yeah, it's better to have the. Uh, and, you know, and we're doing. We're looking at different strategies. Uh, you know, you can cut back the. One of the big big issues with the tropical is that it blooms so long in the fall. It may encourage uh, monarchs to stay in ta- here in San Antonio instead of going south. But you know, you can cut it back, and there's a lot of different strategies. But that tropical milkweed is easy to grow. It's very attractive. Oh, yeah. Blooms uh, all the time during the summer. Yeah. Uh, so we do that. And, but then we also, uh, any other, you know, you can grow the, <clears throat> the green milkweed. You can grow antelope horn. You can grow the uh, butterfly weed, which is tuberosa. So all of them are, uh, are good targets. And we, we try to have as many of those as we can in here. We yeah. also we also identify all-star uh, butterfly plants like mistflower and uh, our porter weeds. We really uh, we really like the porter weed, and so do the butterflies. Yeah, like and the, hummingbirds. Hummingbirds too, love the porter weed. And then of course lantanas and salvias and uh, all all of the uh, a lot of the blooming plants. Jerry always reminds me that. Almost every blooming plant, especially with kind of a flat flower, uh, is is a, a pretty good butterfly plant. They're not they're not yeah. overly fussy when it comes to ne- to uh, nectar. Now they they have some favorites, but they <laughs> they'll take advantage of everything that's available. Yeah, Kip Milberger is looking at. I was thinking about the sale, and I was going to see how many things that were on sale were butterfly uh, friendly, and there's a lot. The, the Texas lilac vitex. Say, yep. They say it attracts true. butterflies. Salvia lucantha, yep. the bush sage, attracts butterflies and is deer resistant. 
Uh, let's see what else that they they talk about. Uh, Mexican bird of paradise. That's a butterfly attractor. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Lantana is on sale. Blue plumbago. Those are both butterfly. Like them well, and Jerry's Vinca is a, yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they they like that. And Thrialis is Thrialis also oh, a butterfly. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can build your own butterfly garden. And there's an example: the certified butterfly garden here in Millburgers. Yeah, you can see what's in it and, and what to grow. And uh, it's it's growing there, and and it's an attractive layout. There's uh, literature. They've got a. Uh, right up, I think they still, yeah, they, they still have that right up that lists all the plants that are in this garden. Yeah. The other thing you can, the, almost all of those plants are in the uh, saws uh, coupon. That's true. So you can you can see which plants you want, and then you can look at the saws coupon section, and uh, go ahead and get those plants with uh, with the help from the San Antonio Water System. I wonder if Thrallis is in that list. Yeah, Thrallis is one. Okay, is it? On the coupon, yeah, I'm, I'm sure oh, it is. Okay. Uh, now, now that you made me, I'll have to check <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But I just took it for granted it was. It's so so tough and so easy to grow and uh, drought tolerant. I've got a deal uh, from Le- from uh, Neil Sperry this weekend. I'm going to cut it out and save it. For when people come looking for a mosquito-repelling plant. Oh, yeah, I saw that, too. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. Neil, Neil writes, <laughs> I re- I re- and I can prove that Neil has never grown this plant. Says, uh, Neil, the uh, question is, I read that lavender plants will repel mosquitoes. How do you feel about it? And how about the plant I see being sold for that purpose? The one with the citronella plant tags, claiming it it will rid our yards of them. And Neil answers, lavender is really difficult to grow in Texas hot summer's weather, that's for sure. So I'm not going to count on it. And the scented geranium that's labeled as a mosquito repellent is... In my opinion, and anybody that's got a brain, well, uh, don't it, go too far, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely useless for that right. purpose. Because there's there, there's some of our favorite gardeners that kind of like the citronella and and think it has some impact. So go ahead, go. Uh, I'm waiting for <laughs> you to say something positive, mm-hmm. Kevin. I'm just the same day. <laughs> We've all uh, all got differences of differences of opinion on some things. But <laughs> this is the you're reporting, Neil. No. <laughs> and this, uh, then he makes a statement that tells me that he's never grown citronella. He says, "I can't it, imagine why it, you w- wouldn't. It's such an attractive looking <laughs> plant." <laughs> yeah, he says it's a pretty plant, and I enjoy growing it. Neil Ferris said that. But useless against mosquitoes. Now, have you you seen citronella plants? Now, beauty is in the eye of the beholder now. No, no. Uh, uh, maybe Stevie Wonder or uh, Ray Charles. Well, I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I think I have probably pulled it out of people's garden thinking it was a weed. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the flowers are small, very small. And it looks like a weed. 
Yeah, well, you know. It's not. Of course, I, I like I like the native milkweeds, and some of those are not yeah. very attractive either. Neil, it's not a pretty plant. Neil may think so. <laughs> I'm going to slap him next time I see him for writing that. Hey, we got Liz on the line at 210-308-8867. Hey there, Liz. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Thanks for calling. How can we help you? Hi. I'm calling about a butterfly plant that was uh, touted last year, a uh, cowpin daisy. Remember cowpin daisy, that? okay. Are you all familiar and with that? Yeah. It's uh, great. It attracts the butterflies, the bees. They all love it. I have, I bought one plant, now I have 90. <laughs> oh, wow. So, <laughs> so, so I, I, Jer- Jerry, Jerry seems to know about it, but I'm not familiar with it. What, where's it growing? It grows in full sun, I take it. and It, it grows, grows in full sun. Everywhere, and, and hail included. And, uh, oh, but, yes. Uh, and the reason they call it cowpen daisy is because it spreads to cow pens and everywhere else. It's very invasive. Uh-huh. Is it, it attractive? No. Yeah, no. Well, it's got... Well, it's not, it's not that, bad. It's not bad. Uh, but the problem is that That's coming from so Liz, and Liz thinks it loves every plant, you know. <laughs> well, so how often does it bloom? Is it blooms all summer long, and it has these seeds all summer long. And yellow, I was yellow. unaware. Yeah. It's got yellow flowers. Huh? Yellow, right. Yeah, Just like yeah. little daisies. Yeah, and right. it gets about four feet tall. And uh, then feet? Uh, come, yep, come spring, wow. uh, millions of the little seedlings are in the <laughs> patio, you know, the, the yeah. walkways. The, oh, the thing is, it's where my wildflower garden is. So if I put down a pre-emergent herbicide... I'm going to not have any wildflowers. What do I do? Well, you, you know, you can. Uh, Jerry and I spent a lot of time a few years ago figuring out the timing is is right that you can you can sometimes fit in a control with a, a pre-emergent herbicide and still get some um, wildflowers if you if you look at the timing. But it's not automatic. You know, you got you. Uh, some, sometimes the herbicide lasts a little longer than you'd expect. Other uh, other times, uh, yeah. So you well, you gotta you gotta play with it a little bit and experiment a little bit. I've, I've got I have uh, you know I've collected the seeds of the poppies and the larkspurs and the you know the other wildflowers, so I could reseed it. But how <laughs> again the timing of of uh, how to get rid of the cowpen and be able to, or maybe I just have to sacrifice it for a year. How are you? It'll come up in any weather. If you go out and sow it today, it'll be up in uh, seven to ten days. The cowpen, yeah, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. I'm still picking the little pieces out of the. I have a flag. So is the cowpen you know, what you're trying to control? Yeah, I'm trying to get rid of. Yes. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were uh, no. defending it. I was uh, no. arguing with Jerry no. here to, on your side. <laughs> now, no, no, no. Liz, I don't know why anybody. <laughs> I don't know why anybody would want to get rid of those beautiful plants with those yellow flowers that attract butterflies and bees all summer. Well, it sounds almost, well, 
your sacrilegious. Des- your description almost sounds like the annual sunflower. That's close. Except that, of course, the blooms are the blooms are mu- right. large, larger, and uh, might I ask where you got that plant? Well, I got it at Rainbow, and uh, it, you know it was touted. I don't remember where I where it was touted. Whether, but you know, as a great butterfly plant, you know, I had porter weed last year. It didn't come back, and I thought, well, this will be a good substitute. I was wrong. Yeah. If you get me, it is great. However, if that's the only plant you want, <laughs> you're in like Flynn. Yep. It right, has so taken how does she get rid everything. of it? <laughs> Well, she could, she could do the, uh, she can kind of make a little little grapher and uh, figure out when she'll have to apply her pre-emergent to, to get rid of it. And then, then she can uh, uh, plant other things afterwards. And or, she could kill the seedlings with vinegar, Calvin. Hello. I guess. They'll, get, they'll kill well, seedlings. Uh-huh. I guess that well, then I'll do that. You? But I've, I've, you know, there are. I can't even tell you how many there are. It's like grass. There's so many. Really? Well, stay in. Yeah. Well, you should stay you in should. contact now, so you don't get lost in there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It sounds like you've got little itty bitty bamboo. <laughs> You're just lucky because it's, uh, it has it blooms for yellow flowers all summer. <laughs> attracts butterflies yeah. and hummingbirds. It doesn't need any You are not going to Never convince her. Never blooming. You're not going to convince her to like this plant. I can't, I can't believe she's nope. talking about one one plant on the other and then the how bad many, and, and How many times can you plant something once and get 99? Uh, <laughs> 9,900. Yeah, that might be a good plan for you, man. It might be. <laughs> I'm scared of it now after hearing Liz. Would you pot some up and bring them up here to Milton? No. Well, they probably I won't let that. them in Milburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was surprised. I was surprised that she, she got it from a nursery, because uh, I did. Uh, we, we, In the uh, butterfly plant section, my my <laughs> my group, uh, uh, garden volunteers, but but somebody brought one of those things into the greenhouse. Took us four years to get it out of. Because it's spread so much seed. That's what you got to look forward to, Liz. Yeah. Y'all are not oh, helping goody. Liz. Uh, <laughs> You're just making fun of her. Yeah. We need to help her. Well, she knows what she's got into. Well, okay. so I guess maybe what I have to do is just use the pre-emergent and just sacrifice not have any wildflowers for maybe a season. Does that sound well, that, reasonable? Yeah, that may. But I, I think if you... You play with the schedule a little bit. You you can probably fit some in there, but that sounds like the most important thing is to get those under control, <laughs> which you will never do. Well, at least you can get them. What was well, well, the, the this, this wonderful plant uh, doesn't it bloom and grow after the wildflowers are finished? So you can right. pull them up or spray them. You could. After the wildflowers. Yeah, and especially if your favorite wildflowers are already germinated. Right, right. Sounds like you could do that. Now, this is sounding a lot like uh, Jerry's favorite plant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Which Uh, which question? So so don't let him hassle you because horse herb is 
is hey, one of his favorites, and it's only because out of default he couldn't control it. <laughs> and this is this fits into that category too. Well, but I better not say that because uh, uh, it's in the certified butterfly garden horse herb, and it's also uh, sold here at Millburgers as a ground cover. Uh, so, well, and I uh, have some of that too. <laughs> yeah, the 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 only difference. Uh, between its spreading ability is that uh, it, uh, it, it will outspread uh, standard size Borrelia. You know, Mexican oh. petunia. Oh, my God. It'll whip it to the ground. Yeah, you're, now you're scaring me. Uh. Not, Liz not only has to wear her mask. Uh. Yeah. She's got to, you know, she's got to be fenced in. Don't leave the door open behind you. If you if you go out to get it, close all the doors and windows, Liz. Pot some of those up and bring them to Calvin and Milton. Uh, they need to experience. We're okay, Liz. Uh, thank you, though. I'll, I'll, I'll send them a picture. Thank you. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Liz. Good luck. we got to take a break. It's a beautiful plant. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Sorry, Liz. I think. Bye-bye. All right. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. Call us with your cow pee. What was it? Cow Cow pen daisy stories at 210-308-8867. All right. Back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. And the theme of today's commercial is going to be color, color, color. We'll start off with some of the things that are on sale at Millburgers, including Vinca. The Cora series is on sale, and this is the series that you want. You want Cora is on sale in the 4-inch pot for $0.98 cents each. Blue Plumbago is beautiful, full of color, and guess what? It's on sale for four eighty eight in the number one container. This week at Millburgers, you'll find savings on the colorful land. Montana, Mexican Bird of Paradise, Thoralis is on sale, Texas Lilac Vitex is on sale, the number three container, regularly $24.99, is just $18.88. One of my favorites, Lynn's Legacy and Silverado Sinisa on sale for just $19.88. And you can't help noticing all the crepe myrtles that are on sale. Beautiful, colorful crepe myrtles are on sale in the three and number five containers for just $18.88. At Millburgers Landscape Nursery, six. 1604 and welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM The Answer. If you're spending time out on your deck or on your patio and it doesn't look like it's supposed to or like you wanted to, uh, call Barry Hagendorf. Barry Hagendorf of Deck and Patio Care can help you out. Barry's been doing this since 1986, uh, and it was what I call, he's a geek when it comes to uh, cleaning and sealing and figuring out all different types of wood stains and stuff like that. The best thing that you can do to learn more is go to his website, deckandpatiocare.com, deckandpatiocare.com. You can see the before and after pictures, and that will give you an idea. If you had hail damage on your deck, call uh, Barry, and he'll help you out with that, too. 210-822-9147, 210-822-9147, 210-822-9147, or you just go by and uh, check them out online because I think you'll be impressed with deckandpatiocare.com, deckandpatiocare.com. That deck and patio can look new again. 
Give them a call, deckandpatiocare.com or 210-822-9147. All right, got was, a couple minutes. I was sitting there reading Calvin's article about herbs. Uh-huh, you like herbs. And I was very astonished that Calvin wrote an article about herbs. You seem to be when you came I, in. I think his wife might have written it. Doesn't, no, doesn't your wife use a lot oh, of herbs? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Hold the herb comment. We've got to get to Roy before the break. Okay. All right. 210-308-8867. Roy, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. You got a cowpen daisy comment? Uh, yeah. I wanted to mention, I had them on my property, oh, I guess, five or six years ago, and, and uh, I had them for one year, and they never came back. Huh. So well, congratulations. Do you want, so, should we see if Liz will get you some seed? Or? Yeah. Do you uh, want? I wish I wish I could. They're, they're yeah. such attractive to butterflies else but uh i want to mention one thing the deer never touch them huh. oh the deer don't eat them huh oh wow they, would they probably can't them. eat them fast enough i wonder why I, yours didn't come back i don't know i have plenty of seed i even saved some seed and tried to plant them in the next few years but they never came back i'll be done but uh huh. i live on you the know that, river that, that that is uh pretty consistent with wildflowers you <laughs> never you swear, like Coreopsis this year, I, I saw about three or four Coreopsis. Yeah. Most years I have a an April full of them. Yeah. yeah, but then that uh, oh the uh, it's not the Me- Mexican hat, uh, the one with the that similar to that with the bright red Indian paintbrush or no oh, yeah. not Indian paper Indian blanket Indian blanket they they are just covered. The, the, that area that the the coreopsis usually covers. So yeah. there's those seed were in reserve, waiting for action, and here they get a huh. chance this year. Yeah, Roy, uh, do you know Garth Brooks' song? Thank <laughs> God for unanswered prayers. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's your that's your theme song. See, Roy liked them though. So <laughs> thanks, Roy. Yeah, we we got to take them. a break. All right, Roy. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call, 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. I'm Milton Glick. This is 930 AM. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 930 AM, The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. The show's flying by, having lots of good fun uh, talking about plants. You can be a part of it. Tell us what's going on in your world at 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. And uh, you can come on by and visit with us at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Temperature's not too hot. No. Sky's a little bit overcast, uh, so it's not bright and sunny. And everybody's got on masks. Everybody does have on masks, as as, as required. So, uh, hey, we were the, talking about the uh, herb article. Article, yeah. Yeah, so let's get back to that. Jerry, yeah. well, Jerry uh, <laughs> Jerry's right. My wife uh, uses her, the herbs, and she has a herb garden with uh, containers on the patio. Yeah. And uh, actually it's get most most of it just gets morning sun and they do they do pretty well there. Uh, and, but uh, the Express News 
related that uh, a lot of folks that were home because of the the, the virus strategies uh, were were delving into uh, growing herbs in the winter. Herbs, yeah. So <laughs> she, she, they wanted to just start that discussion and uh, encourage everybody. If you have uh, specific questions, you can just get a get a hold of us, and we'll try. There's there's information on PlantAnswers.com. Yeah, and we got lots of uh, lots of good gardeners in this area, this area that do do a lot with herbs, so they can help us answer any questions you may have. Yeah, I've got a whole. Uh, I think a, a book that the, I think it was a Galveston master gardeners wrote on herbs. It's on plantanswers.com. And so, uh, because I, I never have written much about herbs. Uh, I remember. Even though my father was an herb. Mm-hmm. I was bred mm-hmm. by an herb. Raised I by herbs. Raised by herbs. There's some, some characters are raised by wolves. You were raised <laughs> by herbs. <laughs> I, 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 I was glancing over Calvin's article. And uh, he always puts a good horticulture tip in there mm-hmm. on the, the uh, mints. Calvin says there are hundreds of mint variations. They are usually propagated by collecting and planting one of the numerous runners. That's true. And, and you can even uh, collect those runners. With a weed eater. In other words, you go in there <laughs> and weed eat your herbs when they get out of bounds and let the herb, let the stem fall on the ground. Those I, stupid things are root there. I planted my uh, the last house I lived at. Uh, I planted a little uh, mint in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing I knew, the whole raised bed was full of mint. There you go. And it was moving off into the yeah. lawn. You know. <laughs> Well, I, I've always thought that people ought to plant some of their lo- their lawn in mint. Mint. Because when you mow it, uh, we used to have a, have a big mint planting there that spread into the lawn there in Tennessee. And when you would mow it, it was a beautiful, beautiful to behold, beautiful fragrance. So uh, that that's about the best use of mint I've found. But I've... I've heard uh, stories about men just, that sounded a lot like Liz was when she was talking uh, about yeah, her daisy. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they really can take over. I and, guess I guess Roundup will kill men. I, I never tried to kill it. No, I didn't. I just physically would remove it. It's most if it's in a raised bed or a container, then then yeah. you can usually get it under control. It's got a massive root system. Men has. Yeah. Now I found. If you, uh, you know, I had some in containers that we uh, weren't using the containers, so I quit water them, watering them, and they they wilted. But, uh, of course, the minute they got any, the rain started, they're back up again. <laughs> kind of like our... Um... You know, basil, we we got some questions on basil uh, that was yeah. going to, uh, people having to go to seed. Mm. And, and that, that's not... That's not uncommon. I You're think. right. Yeah. Is that a problem? Well, it's... you don't it, use the... Yeah. The birds eat the seed. It's yeah. not like broccoli, where if it goes to seed, it affects the taste of the... Yeah, and if you, want, so. if, you want the, if you want the fresh green leaves, you want to keep deadheading it, basically, and uh, that also keeps it from going to seed. But, right. 
But uh, the other thing with the seed, the seed will germinate pretty quickly, so you can get it back. You can get new plants back in the summertime. Oh, okay. But Trace was saying we have, uh, for, uh, I, I made a, I speculated that the typical nursery in San Antonio has, I don't know, five or six different varieties of basil. Mm. And Trace said we have four. He, he, he checked. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot, have- lots of choices, and I guess we do one of a, one of the choices is his uh, plant superstar. of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, what balsamic what, purple basil. balsamic. That uh, thing is a killer in the fall when it blooms. What is it? Uh, it's uh, it's pretty in the uh, fall. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. I, I also put in there about the when it does go to seed. Uh, those those folks that are herb growers but also are interested in birds. You'll, you'll, those cardinals will be in there. Those uh, lesser goldfinches—they like that basil yeah. seed for some reason. Well, now did you interview Milton on his stevia? You I, know he's a world-class stevia. Yeah, player. you know you I, for, I forgot that I should have. You yeah. should have interviewed Laura, who takes the stevia, dries it out, crunches it up, makes a uh, a syrup out of it, and then puts it in drinks. Uh huh. Does, does it make that, them sweeter? Yeah, it does. I'll have to try to see if we have anything. I can bring you a a sample of some lemonade, like tomorrow, okay. if, I, if I think about it. But and yeah. What, and what was it that Jerry was uh, telling us about the uh, uh, the the one that keeps you from having gas? Oh, uh, no. Espa- Javote. Uh, yeah, we have that too. Uh, yeah. That's another Javote. one. Javote. Yeah, we, we could have uh, written about. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Isn't Paul, that the same as Paul Cox? Pigweed or something? Yeah. Yeah. Episodia. Yeah, yeah episodia. If, if Paul had been writing this, <laughs> he would say, pretty plant and I enjoy growing it. He's the first one to uh, introduce me to that episodia. And, uh, uh, but it's useless against mosquitoes. But it's good for gas, Milton. That's what I understand. And I'm not going to go further. I think on plantanswers.com we explain what chemical is in that plant that uh, takes care of the gas. Yeah, I don't remember. But that's in that's the one in Bino. Yeah. That same deal is on Bino. I don't so. know about Gas X. No, I think that's a chemical. Is that a chemical? I, well, I'm, they're I'm all not sure, but <laughs> which, yeah, it's true. Yeah, they are. I guess. Um, but yeah, the stevia is kind of cool because again, there's. It's not dying out. No, it's not. It's growing. Uh, it didn't live from year to year, does it? No, I don't think so. So I don't know when it'll crash, but but we have. It's doing well. She's done two, I think, cuttings off of just a couple plants. Good. We've been able to dry and make into the sweetened syrup that we can use. And it's my understanding that, that there is no insulin response from stevia. I don't know if that's true. I'm not a doctor. But it's that's been what I've been told, that there is no insulin response, say, as compared to other natural sweeteners like honey or maple syrup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Even actually, I think some of the... Well, I won't get into it because that's, that's. But anyway, I'm, I'm not. Gonna, where you're going to get into Splenda and. Yeah, I think that some people believe there's an insulin response from Splenda really? and some other yeah, aspartame, but I'm not sure. So, look it up for yourself. Do not quote me. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I use a lot of it. Do you? And, and I, my blood sugar 
stays pretty. Okay, dead, you're steady. okay. Yeah. All right, well, maybe. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, all right, 210 308 8867. 210 308 Do um, you find that herb growers have a favorite herb? Like, did Judy have a favorite herb? Oh, yeah, they all, they all have. Uh, what happens, though, is that when you do an initial herb garden, yeah. you, you kind of plant. A lot of everything, and then you figure out. Well, I don't need all of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, what's our, what's the, the one that uh, spreads out and has the purple flowers and uh, uh, is, that, is an ornamental as much as yeah, it, uh, um, the rosemary. Yeah, rosemary. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah. they get to be trees. Yeah, because. Yeah, you can use a lot of basil. Yeah. But no, you it's can't, tough yeah. to use a lot of rosemary. That's true. Unless you're uh, like uh, one of our eight, uh, one of our staff people went with the Bear, Bear County Master Gardeners years ago used to know that I did not like the, the smell. <laughs> so she used to hide it oh, underneath no, my, uh, no. my truck seat and in the. How rude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Debbie Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was a herb person. Yeah, but uh, I can remember the first uh, food that I ever ate that had herbs in it uh, or an herb type plant. It was with my then soon to be mother in law. Uh, and she she had put a bay leaf yeah in the roast all right roast beef and because uh, I was <laughs> I, I was amazed when I saw a leaf in the roast have, beef must have fallen in the window yeah <laughs> what is this <laughs> I asked being the shy guy that I was yeah and they said oh uh, that's a bay leaf we put that in all our food. I said, my mother never put grass or debris in my food. And uh, did so you had to move on to a new girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I got used to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it does give it a flavor. Yeah. Certain uh, flavor. They use bay leaves in that. They use bay leaves in red beans and rice. If you yeah. Were, yeah. And, well, yeah. and, we, and we get a lot of questions of people want to grow oh, a like vegetable a garden oh. in, the, in the house. In huh. the, uh, you know, they're in apartments or something. And about the only thing that we can recommend is, is some, some type of herb yeah. in a sunny window. Yeah, and then uh, now I was thinking of parsley. Generally, I think of parsley as declining really pretty quickly in the summertime, but Ours is looking good. The stuff at Milberger's here is still you looking good. You need to go good. to seed, too. Yeah. And uh, it also is a favorite uh, black swallowtail. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's true. Fennel and dill. and. Yeah, I was, uh, when, I remember when I came back from, I guess I, guess I got it here. Uh, I got a little dill plant <laughs> and uh, put it out and planted it, potted it up and and all of a sudden, it just kept disappearing. <laughs> and sure enough, there was a munchy caterpillar on it that was having a great time. And They're so, pretty, too, aren't they? Yeah, so I took it into the house, actually, and uh, let it go into its chrysalis stage. And, there you go. Uh, and and let's experience the, the, the wonder of butterflies. Don't they have yellow stripes? 
What's what kind of? I don't remember. It's been too long. Black stripe. The yeah, caterpillar or the butterfly? It's, it's striped. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a the butterfly, the caterpillar. Oh, okay. And I can't it's, but it's it's not like uh, you know we we talk about the giant swallowtail on citrus. Yeah. Where you you know don't you know don't destroy the caterpillars. Just leave a few there. They don't do eat much. Now, if you don't <laughs> remove the black swallowtails on your dill or parsley, They'll you'll just have the stems. Ground. Yeah, you'll just have stems pretty quickly. <laughs> Hang on to those thoughts. Susan is on the line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. And, uh, Susan, welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm just fine. Thank you. My question is, uh, is it safe to use grass be gone on Bermuda grass that is inundating my red yucca plant and my big uh, century plant? Well, Absolutely. What is that? Uh, she wants to use uh, a fusillade product. Oh, okay. or the, contact her. Contact, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, to get the Bermuda grass out of her cactus and and uh, yucca. You said right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's it works well, great in those. The good news is, you can use Roundup in those conditions too. If, okay. if you kill, if you can find a way to kill cactus. We can Let we can you know, make right? you we can make you and me rich. Because <laughs> okay. a lot of people now. want to know how to kill it. And but uh, Jim, Jerry's I, talking I about know. too the the fusillade really and post my... all those. If you got I I, I use it in uh, that new rose bed I planted. Yeah, uh, and you can use okay. it in in any in the broadleaf. It's not uh, labeled to use in the vegetable garden, but uh, you can use it. Roses, shrub borders. It's a, it's a really a okay. Good it's a, it's a, it's just driving me crazy. I can't get rid of it. So yeah, um, it's a, it's easy to kill it with that type of okay. uh, herbicide that kills it to the roots. Yeah, and it, uh, because just, of the the heat, it may. Work a little slow, but you you should see a kind of it goes into a kind of a stop growth and changes color a little bit. Yeah, it takes a while. Yeah, and then it goes, then it gets, it kills it all. So if I spray it on the on the, the Bermuda grass and it gets on the the yuccas and that it won't hurt the yuccas and that's no what you're good lord no no uh-uh, I won't. You couldn't kill those yuccas with a Bermuda, with a bulldozer. Quit. <laughs> Okay. I love them. I just want to be sure they stay alive. Thanks, guys. I appreciate okay. it. You bet. Bye-bye. Thank you. We're going to take Thanks. this opportunity to take a quick break. So give us a call, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. I'm Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. And we'll be back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer.
Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. And the theme of today's commercial is going to be color, color, color. We'll start off with some of the things that are on sale at Millburgers, including Vinca. The Cora series is on sale, and this is the series that you want. You want Cora is on sale in the 4-inch pot for 98 cents each. Blue Plumbago is beautiful, full of color. And guess what? It's on sale for four eighty-eight in the number one container. This week at Millburgers, you'll find savings on the colorful Lantana. Mexican Bird of Paradise. Thoralis is on sale. Texas Lilac Vitex is on sale. The number three container, regularly $24.99, is just $18.88. One of my favorites, Lynn's Legacy and Silverado Sinisa on sale for just $19.88. And you can't help noticing all the crepe myrtles that are on sale. Beautiful, colorful crepe myrtles are on sale in the three and number five containers for just $18.88. At Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, give us a call and be a part of today's show at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. If you remember a couple weeks, I was asking you guys about what I thought was a morning glory, but it was blooming now, and y'all were like, no, then it's not a morning glory. No, no, the mo- the- some of the morning glories are blooming. No. Oh, so I just sent you a picture, Calvin. Look, I texted you a picture. It's but they're pur- not, wi- not widespread. Yeah, it's purple. Start. It's a vine. Uh, it's a real long tubular flower. Um, Is the leaf small? Oh, uh, I can look and see. <laughs> Do you see it? You'll probably recognize it. Uh, no, the leaves are real big. Uh-oh. Well, not real huge, but do you see it yet, Calvin? I don't. Is that? Did you send it to e- email? Yeah, no, no. I sent it to your text. Oh, okay. So and I, I can't. I can show Jerry. I can. <laughs> but that, no. Yeah, we have not had luck with that in the past. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's growing along a, someone who has a, a chicken coop. A chicken coop? Yeah, they got chickens. Hmm. So you'll have to tell me what it's very Yeah, pretty. actually, it is one. It's a. Got a little different flower than uh, the color is. The one, the one that I'm seeing is mostly that little purple one. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. see, so this one's got a glory? kind of a nice raspberry color. Oh. Can you, can you get up, old Okay, hang on. Oh. Oh dear. Problems with cell phones. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. 210-308-8867. And toll free, it's 866-308-8867. While Calvin finds it again. But you do think that's a morning glory, because it sure looked like one. That's kind of neat. I'll have to see. what for. Is there's there a, a, and there's just a lot of different colored flowers. Well, I could show you a mine. It might be easier to show my mine. Here. Okay. Yeah, so you... Yeah. That, that one almost looks like it started as a, a seeded. Yeah, that's not a yeah. wild one. Now, it could be two or three years after the original seeding. Oh, okay. So if I were going to try to duplicate that, I'd just get a morning glory seed pack? or No, or you'd get some seed off of that morning glory. Oh, okay. That particular one. I could try that. I don't know. I gotta be careful. It's uh, that's, in, that's it's in somebody else's yard, and I'm not as uh, brave as you guys are. <laughs> that uh, 
Well, I doubt if they'll complain about you getting morning glory seeds. Oh, okay. I don't know. Because they produce a lot. Okay. And uh, that is uh, not a not a standard like Calvin and I were thinking of wild morning glory, because its its uh, bloom is not nearly that tubular. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. And it's definitely not variegated. Okay. Huh. With the white stripes. Or yeah. White, the white stripes on. It's really pretty, and it's pretty. It's uh, it covers it. It provides shade to the the chickens. Uh, because it's just it's full. It's all vined over. They planned it and stuff. So I imagine they eat the seed too. Oh, maybe so. That's interesting. Okay, so I got to fight the chickens right. to get the seed. <laughs> well, it's a It'll co- get compromise. And... Yeah, they they probably get enough seed, and there's obviously yeah. enough to gets uh, yeah. hits the ground. Yeah, it probably gets over over their reach. Oh, okay. You know, a chicken even if it's standing on its toes. Can't reach very high. Chickens have toes? <laughs> I didn't know that. They must, I guess. They have feet because they yeah. stay on chicken feet. That's true. And those to- those feet have must have toes. There you go. All right, 210-308-8867. The things we learn on this show. <laughs> Calvin, do you know what the, the first recommendation for Fusilade was when it was first put on the market? Uh-uh. To control grasses? On in watermelons, really? Yeah, you said it wasn't wasn't cleared for vegetables, but that was the first use. Yeah. Well, of, 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 in watermelon. Yeah. No, you. But not on the label. Yeah, you could. Uh, when I talk about not cleared, that doesn't mean that uh, some crops local uh, locally or some states get special right. dispensation and you know and that special responsibility too. So. Uh, so there's a lot of those kind of and temporary uh, situations too. Yeah, Kevin, it is this week in the garden rights to use uh, for color in the summer sun. In other words, it'll take full sun and for color in the shade. Uh, in the shade, they use wax leaf begonias, pentas, caladiums, and Coleus perform well in the shade. I guess, well, the pentas are bloom, but I guess the wax leaf begonias are the best bloomers in the shade. Wouldn't you think? I don't know. Right now, my pentas, I mean, my vinca, oh, yeah, my pentas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they're both, they're both good blooms, yeah. bloomers. That did in, you, but did, in you, the, did you have a question? And did you mind? So yeah. Now we we're on the show, so you, you want to be on there? Just right. no, just talk, and you'll be fine. You'll be on the air. What's going on, yes, sir? I have a cherry laurel that has some black discolorations around the perimeter of the leaves. How and old is the plant? The plant was planted about two months ago, and it's yeah. about, about six or eight feet tall. Yeah, it dried it, out. It dried out. Yeah, dried out for you. Okay. It's about the. Uh, Deal the house by the. It's by a fence line. Okay, a concrete fence or a uh, no, wood right, fence. Right iron, right iron fence. Okay. Uh, since you, when you're watering that plant, especially a young plant like that, you water at the base of the plant. Okay. Because you've got to soak that root ball. Okay. Until it gets established. Okay. And when it, when it doesn't get enough water. Uh, 
it shows the same symptoms that a house plant shows from too much water or too little water, and that is uh, burning around the edges okay. of the leaf. Even with drip irrigation we're using, it's not enough water done here. No, right. Okay. Yeah, you well, where is your drip? In, in it's around the, the perimeter of that plant. How far each, out? Uh, I didn't put it in, so I can't tell you, but I would say probably 6, 8 inches, maybe 12 inches. Just uh, do a... Uh, I, I think you're going to have to just water it at the base for for this first growing season, but just do a little exploration in okay. there, and you'll see what Jerry's talking about. Okay. That the probably dry. How often do they run the drip? Uh, twice a week. Twice a week, and how, how long do you uh, run? About 30 minutes. No, that's not doing it. Not enough. Yeah, at this in this kind of weather. Okay. okay. So, so just leave the drip on and just... Once a week, do a deep, okay. deep water. And you mind if I ask you a second question? Sure. No. Uh, Esperanza that we've had now two seasons, it's about six feet tall, won't flower. Won't? Won't flower one. You didn't buy it here, did you? Uh, I won't say. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I uh, know you didn't. No. Full, is that in full sun? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, that sounds like you've got a... A dud. You've got the old, one of the old selections. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We talk about... Uh, New gold. Gold star. Gold star, I'm sorry. Esperanza. Yeah, that bloom. That that's bloom. the better variety? Yeah, that's the ones that bloom when they're two feet tall. And gold star? Have the big Okay. Bloom. Gold star. Gold star. Okay, well, thank you all. You know what the remedy to that is, don't you? Come shopping here in no, Milburger. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and get rid of the one that you have because it will, it will not bloom until it will bloom in the fall. That's what it's been doing. It's really late into the summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Good luck. You bet. Thank, Thank you. Thanks They're for on sale, time. too. Okay. Well, we're going to have to stop here. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Toll free. It's 866-308-8867. I didn't mention are you. The, are you down? Are you I didn't mention that uh, Calvin recommended for the full sun bloom, vinca, mm-hmm. especially if you have deer, moss roses, cosmos, which is whoa, 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 is a wildflower. <laughs> okay, you're okay. Is a, <laughs> is a wildflower and a uh, purslane. We don't. We haven't talked about purslane very much, but we Not got much. a lot of it. Uh, I guess that's I, I the only I, thing you can use in full sun, Milton, to get blooms in the summer. Mm-hmm. No, he, he seems he to said, have forgotten yeah. the zinnias. Yeah. Think, oh, did I? Oh, you, yeah, I overlooked that. Conveniently overlooked it. <laughs> and I, I generally, personally, it's not my favorite because it, it's such a, a weed. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, <laughs> Beth on the line at 210-308-8867. The cow pendaisy has started controversy. Oh, Hi, Beth. Lord. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. What you got? Well, yes, it has. It does open up a can of worms in a waste. Talking about the cow pendaisy, and yeah. I, I wondered, y'all were having so much fun with it, if it was offensive to you just to hear cow pen. But, but anyway, it is one of the seeds that is included in most of the wildflower seed mixes. From our best seed suppliers, for one thing, it is a desirable native plant, and the deer don't eat it. It has a little bit of a fuzzy leaf with an odor to it or a a scent, 
little aroma. And so my, my, I had an experience kind of like that with a little plant called woodland betony. Purple flowers, really pretty little thing, but it was coming up everywhere at every crack and everything. And so what I, what I learned was let, let them grow up till they're about six or eight inches. Don't worry about all these babies, but let them get six or eight inches and hand pull them. That's not that hard to do when they're that tall. And then the little ones, well, a lot of them will die from just being disturbed, you know, or not enough nutrients. But keep, in, keep pulling them up. Don't panic and get in there with a bunch of poison chemicals because then you might destroy your other seeds, your other plants that you really want. Anyway, that was my pitch. And I, the man who called in about cowpendas said he wished he could get some seeds. Yes, I have seen beautiful colonies of them out in the wilds at different places, good soil, really beautiful. And for if they're coming up in a garden, in a wildflower garden, or butterfly or whatever you want to call it, garden, let it leave, if they're at the back, if they're getting so tall, leave them at the back for your design. And just focus on the ones that are up closest to your desirable plants. Anyway, okay. um, I just... So, uh, sounds good. They can fight I, for space with the uh, uh, horse herb and the, uh, <laughs> what is our, uh, uh, the one with the white flowers now, Milton, that's blooming up a oh, storm. Oh, the, the, the tick, beggar's ticks. The what? Beggar's tick carrot plant or whatever you all call them. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. The, the eyes. The, the, okay. The little, the little uh, plant that has uh, flowers like eyes. Uh, frog eye, frog, 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 frog. frog. Frog yeah, frog fruit. fruit. Yeah, frog, frog fruit. Frog fruit is kind of being aggressive now too. But but it, yeah, it's uh, with frog fruit in the right place. It makes a perfect little ground cover. You can walk on it. I have one by my front gate. You can walk on it. It doesn't hurt. It comes back. Can stand the drought. And it is it is a host plant for I think the black the buckeye butterfly. Yeah, it's a good plant. Yeah, we we had a we were first introduced to it to a caller who wanted to know if we carried it because he had it in his driveway and he kept rolling over it and it, it didn't die. So no, I said, y'all need to promote this. Well, all right, uh, all right. It, it Thanks. Sounds good. Er- erosion Thank is you. another thing. That little. Thank you, Beth. Was. You take care. All right, we've got a question, ma'am. Did you want to come on the air with us? Yeah, All right, just, all you do is talk, just step up there talk and talk, and we'll get talk. you. We'll, we'll get you right to no, you. No, don't yeah. touch it. No, you're okay. Just yeah. just talk. We got you. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say thank you. I've listened to you guys for 16 years. Oh, oh Lord. I'm on uh, four acres out by El Bulverde. Okay. Um, and uh, anyway, I have a lovely, lovely place from all of your advice. But I've not been able to figure out what this is, and I don't know if it's a milkweed the butterflies would use. Um, is it growing in in amongst your other flowers, or is it growing uh, on a all of the places bank. where I've not... But there's there's still places close to the backyard, and it's I not, have... Uh, it's not one of the sunflowers, is it? It's a native. It's been on our land ever since we moved in. Yeah, but, but it doesn't... If it was a sunflower, you'd know it because it. Oh no, no! It it does get like a little bit of a, some kind of a bloom sometimes at the end, but there has been times where I've turned the leaves over and there's little black, things all over it that look like, you know, uh, like it could be one of the butterflies. 
So what I've done is I've not ever wanted to remove them because I'm concerned if it's milkweed that the butterflies would use. I don't want to remove it. Doesn't I don't recognize it as a milkweed. No. Uh, but it is. It is recognizable. Somebody. Uh, <laughs> When she walked up to it, I thought it was Polk, P-O-K-E. But, uh, oh, okay. Uh, check, like like Polk salad. That, oh, okay, I'll have to check I, that. Yeah, because I know. Where I, is I your place? Maybe at is at uh, Cordillera Ranch on off 46 in, uh, off of, out of, outside of Bernie. Oh, okay. Is it close to a creek? No, it's... We're on a hill, but we have lovely, like, old oak trees. Yeah. And over the years, I've added uh, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wonderful hill country plants. Oh, good. Um, and and I've used your, your your knowledge for so many years, I had to come out and meet you. Good. Oh, thank I've you. I've always thank heard you. your voices. I, I use a headset every Saturday. Uh. I garden while I listen to you. Oh. And, uh, but I thought, Do you oh, drink? Beer and red wine, yes. We're finding more and more of our listeners seem to drink while listening to the show. We're not, we're not as sure why that is exactly. And they found, I haven't tried the squirrel yet. And we, I've tried the. Uh, and we find that we find that uh, our show gets better. Uh, the listeners appreciate our show more toward the end of the show after they've had plenty to drink. Yeah. But I yeah. think Jerry may be right on that. Uh, okay. That poke. Yeah. Is it P O K E? Because I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it recently, and I can't remember what I saw. I need to bring you pictures because like you wouldn't even believe what, no. what I've done in 16 years. Wow, that's great. Right. Yeah, please, yeah. Sound good. please email us, and I'll. Oh, and, you, and your butter and your butterfly garden is successful. It is. What what about it's, what's it's native milkweeds? Do you have any native yeah. milkweeds? Well, see, and this is what I this is growing natively. So I thought this was a native milkweed. I don't think so. I don't and think so. Because I have found like some kind of yeah black. bugs eat it. You know, yeah. see all the holes in the leaves. So, but I um, I it, need to buy the milkweed that they that yeah, well, monarchs. I'm looking for the what. If the you monarchs. think of milkweed, don't lick your fingers. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we yeah. Did, we just heard Wendy Williams, the author here, tell tell us about the. I, I need to send you guys photographs of, 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 Sounds of my great. place because I've, dedica- I've dedicated a solid 16 years. So. <laughs> wow, cool. I've Please do. i to you, and you probably saved me a lot of money. Yay. <laughs> oh, don't tell Trace that. So, anyway, thank you. <laughs> thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks Bye. for coming by. All right, that was nice. 210-308-8867. Bill is on the line. Hey, Bill, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Thank you. I have a uh, angel plant, probably seven foot tall. I want to know if I can transplant it moving. I want to know if I can take it and transplant it at new property. I, I heard a little rumbling there. What was the plant? Uh, angel trumpet, I think, right? Yes, yes, angel. Oh, and how, how many feet tall? About seven. Oof, He's asking if he can transplant it, Jerry. What I would do to that thing is uh, uh, break off at least half of it, maybe two-thirds of it, uh-huh. and uh, break, them in, break it into pieces of about uh, 12 to 14 inches long and stick those pieces uh, in, a, in a, a pot with a potting mix in it 
-hmm. keep it moist, keep it in the shade, and they should root in uh, two weeks, two to three weeks. And uh, and then, uh, if you want to transplant your old one, uh, the big one, then dig it after you've made those cuttings. Okay. So you got a, your insurance and yeah, got a backup. Relatively easy to root. Right? Now, really, the the most practical way to do it is cut it to the ground and use every piece of wood that you get off of it to stick and root. And that can, that can be forty or fifty plants or more. Okay. And they'll all they they root readily. Then you you would you would have to drink if you had yeah. to start forty or fifty. Those they're not they're not going to bloom a lot until fall. So you can do it now if you can you know you can keep the soil moist in those pots and. Uh, like I said, root every piece of it. Don't throw anything away except the leaves. And uh, Dor- Dorothy Weedy was t- told, was always telling me about rooting the big, tr- big, uh, thick trunks of it. And uh, of course, I wouldn't believe Dorothy. Who, who, what does she know? Yeah. Until, <laughs> until I decided I was going to show her. That you can't root those big, big stumps, and so I stuck those stumps, and they rooted before the little ones did. Yeah. So uh, every piece of that thing will root. So you got lots of options. It sounds like. Yeah. Do you know what uh, variety it is? No. Is it it's yellow? Just, it's pink on the the end and kind of uh, whitish yellow on the stem. It's what on the blooming. They're blooming now. They have big flowers on them. Okay. Uh, yeah, they probably cycle. Uh, plant them in morning sun and afternoon shade. I'm sure that you figured that out. Yeah. But uh, not into full sun. Right. Yeah. They don't like full Sounds sun. Sounds good. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We're going to take a break, so while we do, why don't you give us a call at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. And the theme of today's commercial is going to be color, color, color. We'll start off with some of the things that are on sale at Millburgers, including Vinca. The Cora series is on sale, and this is the series that you want. You want Cora is on sale in the 4-inch pot for $0.98 cents each. Blue Plumbago is beautiful, full of color, and guess what? It's on sale for four eighty-eight in the number one container. This week at Millburgers, you'll find savings on the colorful Lantana, Mexican Bird of Paradise, Thoralis is on sale. Texas Lilac Vitex is on sale. The number three container, regularly $24.99, is just $18.88. One of my favorites, Lynn's Legacy and Silverado Sinisa on sale for just $19.88. And you can't help noticing all the crepe myrtles that are on sale. Beautiful, colorful crepe myrtles are on sale in the three and number five containers for just $18.88. At Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Back to 
Milk Burgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch, sitting on the porch here at Mill Burgers at 1604 on Bull Road with lots of your gardening peers out here enjoying all the pretty uh, stuff and uh, getting a wide variety of different things. Lots of great things on sale, too. All right, what you got there, Jerry? Um, I was looking... Uh, <laughs> at Neil Sperry's uh, questions and answers. And uh, he had a lemon question, which he nailed, that we have, uh, the question is, we have had our lemon tree for eight years. It is healthy and looks good, but it never produced any flowers or fruit. What might be wrong? And Neil said, without seeing the tree, and how you're caring for it, it's really hard to tell. Usually, however, when a flowering and fruiting plant does neither, it's caused by insufficient light. That's a very good answer. Uh, citrus trees need full sunlight. If that's not the case, it might be root-bound or in need of repotting. But uh, let's see, did he say it was in the ground? He didn't say it's in the ground whether or not it's in the ground but uh, that's what I, I worry about all the people that have bought citrus out here I mean by hundreds and thousands of them and I'm hoping that they are putting them in at least morning sun and afternoon shade if not full sun because uh, they will do better in full sun they're, they've always been grown at the nursery in full sun. And so if you take them home and put them in the shade, even though the foliage stays nice and green. Yeah, and you don't have to water them as much. Yeah. But if you want fruit, <laughs> they need full sun, and you just have to water them more often. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm a good testimonial to that. I had a, I've got my favorite uh, Changshaw. Sito uh, over at my house by the house, so I can cover it in in case of winter. In case it gets get extremely yeah. cold in the winter. Is it your Satsuma? Yeah, or, Satsuma. rather than Chancho. Satsuma, yeah. yeah. And uh, in, in I've lived in that house for forty years, and so when I first planted the tree, it was getting quite a bit of uh, definitely morning sun. And uh, now the oak trees have responded to watering and fertilizing and things like that. So now my once very productive uh, tree has about, I'd say, 5% of the fruit that it used Mm. to have on it. But the foliage is pretty, isn't it? Foliage is nice. Yeah. It's foliage is thin. In other words, it's not as thick as it used to be. And then the one I've got, I've got one toward the end of the house, the edge of the house, that's in full sun, fruit every year. So uh, a lot of fruit, and, and it's, got, it's grown so tall, it's, uh, you have to pick the fruit off the, off the roof. I'll let Dr. Larry Stein come and pick yeah. the fruit, <laughs> since he's a little bit younger than I. But anyway, uh, Neil talks about a, a bulbine plant. 
uh, <laughs> and, that, and we never have talked about that much. We, at one time, they haven't been on the market that long. They're here, though. There's some right there. Yeah, yeah. But well, uh, where? Where? <laughs> Calvin spotted some. No, no that, I made a mistake. I think those are the... Uh, um, Related to the onions. Society garlic. Society garlic, yeah. Yeah. But, but we had, we did have ball bean earlier in the spring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, that's a toughest, toughest plant I've ever seen. We started, almost made it a Texas superstar. I don't know why we didn't. But uh, this person says, my Burbank plants have gotten along well for several years. But this year, some are looking terrible. Do you have any suggestions? I think bovine should be handled like cactus. And that's what's killing it. And Neil said, uh, I'm not sure they're not prone to any specific insect or disease problem. It may have stayed too wet. That's what kills it. Uh and, but it's, that's an attractive plant yeah. and, and very drought tolerant. Makes makes a pretty good uh, uh, ground cover. Yeah, what we're saying is bulbine. If you, if you B-U-L-B, like the uh, bulb, uh, tulips and things like that, but it's bulbine. And it, it has a massive root system. It spread, the clump spreads, and it's got pretty little flowers on it. Right. And plus the foliage is, is the attractive. The foliage is attractive and never goes down in a drought. So uh, I, th- I think it's to be handled like a, a cactus is. The first. Mm. I'm th- I was thinking deer don't eat it. But am, I tr- am I right on that? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think they can eat it fast enough. Yeah, we. Uh, I know we talked about it uh, back when we were talking a lot about cirriscape landscaping. Yeah. About bulbing is a good choice. Drought. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the first first bulbine I ever had experience with somebody sent it to us to test for super, superstar status. And so we planted that thing out over behind the nursery that we go to quite often and, uh, and just kind of forgot about it. Uh, and it it got big into a great big clump. I mean, a big clump, uh, like a whiskey barrel size container clump. And uh, so I, one time I had Forrest Appleton riding around with me, and I said, Forrest, you ought to take that. Uh, Forrest uh, always suspicious of me for some reason, and so yeah, he's known you a long time. <laughs> yeah. And we popped that thing out. Uh, it came out in a huge club that you could have subdivided a hundred times, maybe. And uh, he took it home. I think he took it home and planted it. But uh, that was the last uh, time I saw it. But I was impressed how that thing grew with no care. And like Neil said, it doesn't have any uh, insects or, or disease problem. Now, uh, and I think it, I'm pretty sure it blooms yellow, doesn't it? It has a lot of blooms on it, and they're yellow. And I've only seen one color, yellow. So uh, you might want to try. We've had them here, and we may still have them here. But uh, that's that's a good plant to, to, to try. And um, 
the, the somebody says we have a mature Texas mountain laurel tree overhanging our deck. We are finding very small black particles on the deck each morning, but I don't know the source. Sephora poop. <laughs> Or what is that? What do they call it? Uh, G. They are very uniform in size and shape. Talking about the little black spot. Uh, we do see some of the caterpillars that bother the mountain lord, but nowhere near the number that these black particles would suggest. In other words, there's more black particles than they think worms on the tree. Mm-hmm. And Neil says. And then the question is, do you have any ideas? And he says, can that, can I, I, think, Canista, yeah. I think these caterpillars are from Janisha Moth. And they feed voraciously on Texas mountain laurel. Uh, since you see no other possible source, they're going to be my guests. What I would recommend to prove this is to taste some of those little particles, small black particles, on the deck each morning and see if they have a bitter taste. Yeah, it's caterpillar poop. Yeah, if they mm. if they if they have a bitter taste, yeah, that's probably the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Neil recommend that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder if he had a smile on his face. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, and Calvin told me earlier off the air that he has removed his spring tomato plant. Yeah. And that uh, last, last week you had your article on tomatoes, and we asked Trace uh, when the tomatoes were coming in, and he he seemed to say next week, didn't he? Yeah, it was the first of uh, next first week, of July after. Yeah, first of July. And Calvin uh, said, if they're left in place, the tomato plants, spring tomato plants, they may produce a few more tomatoes, but they're just as likely to produce spider mites and fungus disease. Mm. Hey, we got to go. Good club. All right. We'll say goodbye for today. On behalf of the docs, thanks to Al for doing a great job. Thanks to you for listening. We're back here tomorrow at Mill Burgers at 1604 on Bull 40 Road. I'm Milton Glick, and this is 930 AM, The Answer.